Jawohl! Star Trek. You sound like audio. You sound like the Doctor Strange Love Marshall. I think I, I think I see a series in it. Oh shit! <laughs> All right. Well, tonight we're gonna talk about: Is there in truth no beauty? That that's a that's a hell of a name. Let's talk Actually, about. It's that. a quite good name. I Let's think. Let's talk about that title. Yeah, we haven't we haven't glommed onto an episode title recently, and so yeah, tell tell us about it. Me? Well, I think oh, it's a reference. Rob, Rob I, think I don't. Yeah. I, it seems to be a reference to the John Keats poem "Ode on a Grecian Urn," which ends, "Beauty is truth, and truth beauty." That's all you know on Earth, and all you need to know. Uh, but they reference. There seems to be also a reference of of the the line from Shakespeare from Romeo and Juliet uh, by any other name a rose would smell as sweet. You think so? Well, I there's a moment where they where Captain Kirk very unprofessionally hands Miranda <laughs> Jones quite this this should be called uh, Kirk trying to get laid. Is there is there a professionalism in on the Enterprise? Um, <laughs> no, that's that's really. Uh, because, yeah, because Kirk acts really... I think it's one thing for him to seduce an alien woman or, or you know, something like that in order to advance the mission, but there's no purpose here other than just trying to score with her. And he he kind of, you know, it's like borderline... It, it is unprofessional the way that he behaves toward her. And, and actually, I would have bought it more if if, if this, had, this behavior had started up after they had this need to... Uh, to distract her, right, right, because that was a, oh well, I'm already doing that. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, I just keep on going. Yeah, that that was one of a number of things that were. <clears throat> as I was talking to Eric a little bit today, that were really bugging the shit out of me when I watched this last night. But um, uh, good, good title though, definitely, and there, there, there are other good things in this one. Um, I think. It, it's definitely a big step up from last time. Really? But that, but I, I don't know. I, I, th- I thought it was better. Really? Although, cringe, really. No, I just got to keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, it, there, there, were, there were at least some, some ideas and interesting premises in this one. Um, but yeah, th- there were some also just gr- real groaners in well, it as well. And yeah, Go ahead. The... The theme, uh, you know, an analysis of whether or not goodness has to be beautiful or aesthetically pleasing, if you will. Um, you know, that's a it's a worthy theme. That's you know that it's interesting to ponder, and um, it, it's a good theme for um, a story or an episode, not necessarily science fiction, but. Um, my problem is the way it was handled. It was, I mean, there there was no subtlety to it. I mean, from right from the fact that mm-hmm. you know the the hideously ugly race is named uh, they're, they're called the Medusans. I mean, <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, <laughs> Captain Obvious. Yeah, is that really you know, necessary? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, not, and they even I think even Spock and whatever his name when they're combined and talk about talks about that you call that you call us Medusans or whatever. Oh, well, <laughs> that could, that makes a little I, more sense then, I guess. But no, but it, it just seems like this bludgeoning, you know, right, right, I, thing with the with the writer to do that. But I, it, it, Eric, you're right. There's there's really nothing wrong with the theme. And the idea of it that that's 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 pretty clear and they they uh, you know and the, the reverse of course that uh, people who are are the jealousy and other things are also ugly in just not visually and that that's 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 expressed very heavily in the way people act on this show and right you know, it's that that's fine. But yeah, it's it's very clumsily done. And some of the ways that they shoehorned this idea into a science fiction story seemed, seemed a little awkward to me too. Well, you know, the thing, uh, most of the elements of it uh, were I don't know how you would do uh, incorporate them into something that's not science fiction. I mean, like the alien race that's so hideously ugly. Um, you know, the whole thing about getting trapped in the energy barrier at the edge of the galaxy. I mean, that's, you know. Mm-hmm. How, how would you handle that uh, other than in science fiction? Or oh, I'm, I'm not saying I... <clears throat> no, no, I... The... I'm talking much more, much more about the this the general ideas. Oh, okay. Which you know, the, the way the dramatics were handled could could have been an episode out of a bad soap opera, <laughs> and and thing with all the the jealousies and and oh my God, she's blind. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> you know, yeah, like that's that. the big the twist that that she's blind is uh, is not you know it's it's it's. It's not a big payoff, I don't think, for for the build-up. You know, the mystery of her character is that she's blind. I don't know. Um, yeah, and 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 the 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 way that that Kirk has to go in there and set her straight. Right, he has yeah, to. Con, con, you know, to convince her of her that 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 she's being petty and jealous and everything else. You know, that this woman. And it's you know. Go ahead, Eric. Sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say, John, you mentioned um, the clunky dialogue, and I actually rewatched mm-hmm. it this afternoon. And uh, again, and uh, for I don't know the first half or three quarters of the episode, I think it was okay, not great by any means. But then uh, when Kirk is uh, browbeating uh, Miranda Jones about uh, her jealousy and how she is being mm-hmm. how she would just as soon kill Spock so on and so forth uh, his whole diatribe there is just I mean well her, and her uh, Diana Muldaur's, um dialogue there too is just awful I mean it's cringeworthy yeah yeah, that that whole scene and and the I I forget what's his name the the engineer guy who goes crazy. Harvick. 
but yeah, and, and of course his. I the the scenes with him were pretty bad too. Yeah. And now the only thing I'll say in in the defense of that is that I I liked the way they they tried, um, to you know, the the stylistic touches such as uh, insane cam and things like that with the you know the, the, they'd wander around the halls with the the walleye vision lens mm-hmm. or whatever you know. Yeah, those those were I think. That's given okay. their yeah, given their limitations, I think they and also when they when you see the Medusan when you see him, it's uh, I think the the way that they represent that is it's pretty effective given the limitations, you know. And they so I, I yeah I kind of like those touches too. Or, or it's just extremely abstract. Right, right. Um, like <clears throat> imagery that uh, you know anything more detailed than that would have been really a, a, a right. Joke. It was it was very wise. It was very wise decision no i mean some of it was a little bit funny i i, I find myself chuckling at the the guy li- living in a cardboard box that that, that you know you open the room oh the lid's opening like Ooh. yeah it, it does look like the top of a trash can doesn't it <laughs> or it's like it, it's like those those fancy uh ki- kitchen trash cans that that the lid comes up when you press on right the yeah that's it, that's that is what it looks like that's probably what it is um yeah, but, and you know they're let's let's carry him carry him around with our anti grav, right, things and all that stuff or, and and the stylistic flourishes of, of putting a, a a red gel over the camera lens when the yeah. when Spock puts the visor. Yeah, there's a lot of point of view, sp- sp- shots in this episode. It does make it interesting. It's very uncharacteristic yeah, yeah. of the show. It, the show did not usually do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's. But, which makes it interesting. I'll, you know, it, it, it's just, it's just a little strange. Yeah. And and the music was was kind of over over the top. You don't like the theme that they came up with for uh, like the the, the organ <laughs> motif for what's his name, the ambassador. Um, it it it's a little bit too groovy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's really now. It is, it is really groovy. Uh, I was just gonna say, does that presage the way to Eden? <laughs> I'm building up to it. Uh, I, it, it I, I hate to say it, but I, I actually, I, I had this queued up on Netflix, and I was, and the next episode came up, and I was just thinking, God, this really makes me look forward to Spectre of the Gun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, whatever its flaws yeah, are. Or, I, I think that one's going to be a lot more fun. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, and, and quite frankly, I just tire of uh, Diana Muldor. Especially having just seen her last season in a different role. What was that? Oh, um, wasn't Mar- she, oh in right. season two? Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was she in uh, Return uh, to Tomorrow? Yeah, you Animal know. Hall. She's much, much. Do I have the wrong name? I. Anne Mulhall is the name of the. And I'm sorry. What, what was I? I yeah, I'm whatever. Okay. You, the actress who played. <laughs> no, no, no. Diana yeah, Mulder is the, the actress. Name yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was yeah just. I, I found her kind of tiresome on Next Gen, and she was okay in Return to Tomorrow, but th- this one was. A well, the the ending was so felt so um, similar to Return to Tomorrow when he's when he occupies Spock's body, and we see Spock going oh ha 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 smiling, you know. And he's, yeah, you almost act. It, it was like it was almost him. What, what whatever that guy's name with except without the reverb right exactly he didn't right. have the godlike reverb but he but otherwise he was yeah it, it's always fun to see Leonard Nimoy 
shift into mm-hmm. a different character and, and, and see him smile. And, th- you know, it's always fun to see him do that. But it was so similar. Right. Um, it just felt very um, a derivative of, of that episode in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that's right. And uh, let's see. The other... I, I mean, again, the things that save, save this one for me are, are some of the ideas... Of, of the again again of this this race that's completely different mm-hmm. that can only be directly interacted with by very few people i mean yeah it's a bit of a you know it's like the mere sight of them drives men mad and things like that it, that's because they're, they're so ugly but you're right it, it's nice because the 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 sort of universe or the galaxy that we're presented is so so populated with humanoid aliens that it's really nice, you know. It's, it's like, yeah. There's let's acknowledge that there are things that are hard for us to to comprehend. The creatures that we can't quite, you know, grasp. Which, which in a way is probably the most realistic alien Absolutely. life form ever yeah. portrayed. Yeah. Anyway, so well, if you're gonna have one, but go ahead, yeah. Eric. Sorry. Well, I was, yeah, I, and I agree that it's nice. It, well, I personally think that it's overwhelmingly likely that there's not only life somewhere in our galaxy but probably intelligence of some kind but the the reality is that whatever form that life may take is going almost certainly going to be radically different than anything on earth that humans with masks on yeah, yeah. yeah. and so, yeah. but you know the thing that i i question is that they say they're uh, that the Medusans are not corporeal um, and they're formless. So, what exactly is it about a non-corporeal, formless being that could be so hideous that it would drive somebody instantly insane? No, it's just a device. Well, yeah, That's, I understand yeah. that, but I mean, it's yeah. you don't it doesn't bear. No, you don't buy it. Yeah. No, no, I, I mean that that that's kind of hard to swallow. Because yeah, it could sh- he presumably he could shift his form to make it more pleasing yeah. or more less insane making. Yeah, or <laughs> insane making. Yeah, yeah. insane. Uh, no, you you would think, and and then it, that he wouldn't have to live in the in the box. The yeah, yeah, <laughs> like Grover or not Grover, um, Oscar, Oscar, on Sesame Street, Alien Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. You know, I think it's just to return to misogyny corner, or more like misogyny mm-hmm. street, in this episode. <laughs> yeah, that this one is uh, main street. Um, the whole I think it's interesting that the the writer of the episode it seems is a woman, and mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking of the scene where they're all all the men are kind of harassing Miranda. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're 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 all kind of condescending jerks yeah they're saying oh how can someone so beautiful be surrounded by ugliness and you're too delicate and pretty for this job or you you need humans yeah you, you can't go go live with those ugly people in africa or i mean right. um, in the yeah. planet <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that was done in a movie somewhere too and she does you can't go be a missionary yeah yeah like and there is that moment where she where she gets back at dr mccoy by saying well you know how can you go through 
life seeing people in pain and it's like oh touche not touche you know the um i didn't particularly like the character either i didn't um she seemed kind of petty and self-absorbed but uh and it's supposed to be right i think that that's the that's the the irony is that she's beautiful (laughs) but she has an ugly soul wow that's really deep man i know yeah, and also kind of uh, uh, of course they, they make pains to point out that she lived on Vulcan right <laughs> she couldn't just be a really you know it had to be Vulcan she couldn't just be a human who happens to uh, have these abilities right. you, you know um, but and, no, and nobody ever let on that she's blind that, that never got out of course <laughs> the well yeah and I wondered about that too because I mean um I know the Vulcans are astoundingly stupid and imperceptive, but you know, right? You, that would be in her record. I mean, you know, in a and it has to be McCoy that points it out. Yeah, and they're all shocked. Yeah, they're all shocked. This all right, Spock hasn't been able to. You know, I did. I I wondered if this episode, the sort of origin of it, was another like, hey, let's find another girlfriend for Spock episode, like that. I I can see that being the the germ of this the idea for this hmm. and then it, it. yeah go ahead sorry hmm. well i haven't read up on it but it seems um i, I don't know maybe it was um hmm. i wanted to uh um uh, talk about you know the whole thing about misogyny corner and you know particularly with 60s era shows it's hmm. particularly relevant because female characters were very stereotyped but um when we talk about it today and when we talk about it in relation to well even the original episodes but even looking at um current tv shows and movies is there any way is there any portrayal of women and women's characters that is not going to be labeled misogynistic by someone because i mean if you portray a woman as a strong leader but you know kind of well a strong leader for instance um then and you make them the the character either very pretty or plain or not attractive then, you know, somebody's going to say, oh, well, she can't be strong and beautiful, or she, you know, you're portraying her as strong and beautiful, but are, are you saying that um, unattractive women couldn't be strong leaders, too? Do you see yeah. where I'm going with this? Just in a general way. Yeah. Unless it's Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the exception that proves the rule, maybe. I don't know. That's... Yeah, I, th- I, think know? That's, I think that's a good point. I mean... And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's true. There's, uh, we expect leading men to be handsome and, you know, commanders and, but. Well, I, I guess it's more that, um, um, what am I trying to, more that, uh, when, when we start coming down on, uh, well, for instance, talking about the Miranda Jones character. Uh-huh. And uh, it certainly, I mean, that character certainly falls 
<laughs> into onto misogyny street, as Rob put it. But how could they have um, how could they have portrayed that character differently so that it didn't paint a giant bullseye uh, saying misogynist or misogyny corner? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I don't know that it is necessarily from the perspective of the writers that the misogyny is coming from. I think it's that the 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 crew of the Enterprise that we're supposed to empathize with behaves in such a a weird, an unprofessional and, and sexist manner towards her that that just kind of makes you kind of recoil, you know. Like these are characters that beloved characters, but they're behaving in a really un, you know, uncharacteristically bad manner, and we're supposed to we're kind of supposed to accept it as being like some sort of banter or you know, um, you know. Now, and I think it just reveals something about the times of you know, just this is what they expected a professional, you know, a relationship between men and women in a work environment was was suffused with you know some of that madman sensibility yeah yeah i think there's there's something there's something to that and and i I think that's where the the misogyny comes into it i do think that the care i mean and always with star trek it's it's a step it's such a step ahead that we're we're judging it unfairly i think well and i agree with that and i think i pointed that out yeah. Too that you know we're looking at this through the lens of you know approaching fifty years right. in uh, further on right. and uh, I, I guess what I'm, I'm getting at is you know if uh, if the character had been male would we be bitching about it being misandric? Um, I think the answer is no. And my well, point is that yeah. when we complain about poorly drawn uh, female characters, I don't think it's misogyny. I think it's, well, I mean, yeah, given the fact that it was, you know, the mid-60s, there, there definitely could have been an element of that. But in general, I think, you know, it's um, just that the character is poorly drawn, not necessarily that uh, what the character's gender is. No, I don't... Um... I actually don't think that her character, the fact that her character is can be petty, is petty and vindictive and jealous of Spock, and uh, I don't actually think that is the misogynist part of it. I think that actually makes her more interesting, and actually is a credit to the writers that they drew her this way, that way. Um, although there is some, if you if you take this one together with the Turnabout Intruder, right? There's, oh there's the concept, the the idea that women in a professional environment are, mm-hmm. will typically become, you know, bitter and and jealous and insecure and and not just not basically not able to handle it, um, and so there just aren't a lot of examples of confident, you know, I mean, women in in you know professional leadership roles in in this series, you know, it's just it's not as, although you know there's the the Romulan commander that who's sort of seduced. And we kind of talked about whether that makes her, you know, that's another instance of the writers kind of going, well, women are weak. And so she, of course, she could be seduced by Spock. And I, I mean, I don't know. Um, 
but I think it's more, for me the the misogyny street really was just the idea that we're that our our favorite characters were behaving badly towards this woman and and obsessing about her her attractiveness, which what just wouldn't have happened, you know, with with a male character. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, and and of course the other thing that that <clears throat> comes up in the along the in the production is that. Um, the the male guest characters who are, you know, peers of our, of our of our of the main characters, they they dress in for for the show professional looking attire. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're wearing you know, the jumpsuits or whatever they're doing, and the women often do not. Hmm. So she she's she's dressed in very elaborate costume or whatever that stuff was she was wearing. But you, you know it's it's like <clears throat> they they go to the pains to have her be more feminine and everything like that and 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 yet the, the men look more professional mm-hmm. compare i mean as professional is as anybody does in classic star trek well yeah that's just that's just another uh, another point that comes that comes out and, and then she's just like and then some of the i i think rob you're totally right about about the angle it comes out is the again the way she's treated and yet, there there's some of the the writing and the dialogue that she has is kind of old school, old movie um, hysterical women scenes. Hmm. When when she when, when you know her 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 jealousies and all that other stuff take over. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not all the time, and the character isn't justifying by that, but the, some of it peeks out, and it's just kind of an old fashioned historical woman's character thing that you used to see in the movies much more often. Yeah, it's almost like we're we're seeing a transition here like from the old those old kinds of women's roles into the seventies, you know, liberated women characters. There, there, there's yeah, it's right. There's almost both. Because it you know, she's a professional, she's do- isn't she doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and all that. I, I, we, I don't think we know what her expertise is. But she's, she's not the first woman but character with that kind of like. Well, there are other, other female no, scientists no. that that are show up. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. But, but so she's like that. But the, the, the way that I think a lot of the people that wrote for TV at this time have as models is earlier style character writing, mm-hmm. And it, it, it is interesting. It is kind of a hybrid that way. And I'll bet other televisions the same way. It's not just Star Trek. Well, and it would be interesting to know how much the network censors had to do with that. Because, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they had fairly broad power. Well, actually quite broad powers then. I don't know if it's quite so much true now, but, um, you know, they could demand pretty radical rewrites um, of just about anything. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it's possible that, or if there was an earlier draft of this one that had, had the character, you know, drawn differently. Yeah, that's that somebody could have could have nixed it. Don't don't know though. But I think I, I don't know. I I think all these things would would be more tolerable and and more um, if if the episode were more well constructed and. And the the peril that the Enterprise has put in were less just more and more of the same. You know, it's 
the the whole taking over the ship thing is just mm -hmm. so old. And you have to, if you're going to do it again, you have to do it in a really creative way. It can't just be, it's so perfunctory the way that it's done, you know. And he he goes mad, and then of course he takes over the ship. And he, and his his only reason for being there really is so he can demonstrate just how mad the Medusans make. Right, them. right. And and of course have 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 these like that that he's he's in love with her and all that stuff. They they have to have some f you know spoiled romantic angle put on it as well. Yeah, it's in in you know, and I just wonder if if that character had not existed in, in in the episode and they came up with some other contrivance to put the ship in danger like that if you still could have done what you wanted to do well you definitely you still because you'd still have the miranda character and spock dynamic and and what what's the same colas or the ambassador guy right Carlos, yeah. and, and, and yeah so all that dynamic you needed to have you still you still could have done you needed that. to have the payoff of when when you get the premise like it's so ugly that his appearance drives men right. mad. You need to have it actually happen to somebody. He, he, so he's, he's, he's the mental red guy. Yeah, there has to be that. It has to happen. Somebody has to be killed. Or at least, or no, driven I, I mad get that. or whatever. He, he, but yeah. he, he just seem, they, they seem to spend an awful lot of time on him just for Well, that yeah, purpose. and he's not a very... You don't really sympathize with him because he's so... He seems like such a basket case from the beginning. You know, he kind of... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's at, he's kind of at first, yeah. but he's just not a likable character. And so when you see him go mad, you're kind of like, uh, yeah, well, well, she'll be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he's just a tool. <laughs> he's. It, it would be more interesting if he were, uh, I think, a, a stronger character or some or a more compelling character or something. I don't know. Or if you needed somebody to demonstrate that, you know, you you could still have maybe an extended sequence when Spock goes crazy. Yeah, it may have been more interesting to see that play out for longer, rather than have it just, just yeah. Yeah, I, again, it's it, it, that, that's kind of stretching things a little bit, but it, it, it just seemed patently obvious. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It just didn't, the peril that the crew, and I realized they were in peril because they were you know, they were taken out of the galaxy and and beyond reach of, but it just didn't. It felt the stakes didn't just didn't feel that high in this episode. I'm not. I'm not it exactly it sure. felt like that episode in Next Gen where they phase out of the universe and Wesley S uses superpowers to get them back. Yeah, something like that. Well, is that actually that that was a first season episode? Is that what that's the, not exactly the case? The traveler helps him. Is that? <laughs> yeah, it's actually I, the I'm traveler just, who does it. Yeah, and, and, yeah, anyway. yeah. You know, he's, he's a young Mozart. Yes. Right. A wunderkind. A <laughs> wunderkind. Um, Rob, uh, I was just looking at Wicked, or yeah, the Memory Alpha uh -huh. wiki, and it says the episode title is from a poem by the 17th century English poet and clergyman George Herbert from his oh. poem Jordan. Herbert, Herbert, Herbert. Who says that fiction's only in false hair, H-A-I-R, I, it's not full. poem. Become a verse. Is there in truth no beauty? Oh. So, there you go. Okay. I also I think the name she's named Miranda may be a reference to Shakespeare's play The Tempest. It is. 
they, they mentioned oh, okay. that. Because, they even, yeah, I go mean, ahead. They even quote the Tempest in the, the episode. Or actually misquote it because um, she says, <laughs> a brave new world that has such creatures in it. Mm. The actual quote is people, not creatures. But mm-hmm. anyway. Interesting. That's interesting. Anyway. That's fascinating. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. <clears throat> Well, okay, so this is obviously a better episode than Children Shall Lead. I, you know, I, I, no, and the Children Shall Lead, I found more satisfying. I know it's going to sound strange, but watching it again, this episode left me very unsatisfied. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure why exactly. No happy ending for you, Rob? No, it left me frustrated. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. I, I just thought there was a little more more meat in the ideas than there was there. Well, you know, it, uh, as you pointed out in your written review of um, And the Children Shall Lead, uh, there actually was a very interesting theme there in that, you know, the children were complicit in their parents' murders, even if they were manipulated mm-hmm. or unwitting. And right. if they had actually developed and really dealt with that theme, I mean, that could have been a really kick-ass episode. I mean, very dark, <coughs> yeah. but, exactly. you know, yeah. although, you know, like we're, we're, we've been talking about network sensors and things like that, um, I, I don't think an episode that dealt with that heavy a theme ever could have made it on the air. I, that, that's, I think that was my point, was that there was no satisfying way to address something like that. Yeah. And then you were left left with this 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 shell. Yeah. <laughs> that that kind of skirts around it a little bit. But yeah. I, I just thought there was a little... The idea in this one of the aliens and the little bit of the stuff with Spock and everything, that... that made it rise a little bit above. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah, the ending is, is just like, well, off you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a lot, not a lot going on, but... And, and the crazy cam. The crazy cam. You did have that. And you didn't have the guy with the giant shower curtain. That... Saying, did, didn't they uh, have... Um, didn't they use crazy cam in... The Tholian web when uh, Chekhov goes nuts. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I think so. Well, that's an episode yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to yeah, watching. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good episode. I was telling Eric today, we were, we were ch- chatting about this, that I think when I watch Tholian web, I'm going to go and watch the, you know, the, the Enterprise episodes that kind of spin off from it. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, Rob, if you can get access to those, if you have Netflix, um, uh huh. Yeah, sure I I get. think I can. Then, um, uh, definitely, it's uh, it's in a mirror darkly. There are two episodes, and uh, those are actually really good. They're really fun. Okay. Um, yeah, it it spins off both the mirror mirror ideas and the Lean Well. Yeah, huh. interesting. It, it it's clever, and yeah. it works in several other angles too. It even includes. Um, an interesting reference to Arena, uh-huh. and um, that's right. <laughs> uh, 
was trying to think if there was some other stuff, but uh, yeah, it's uh, actually a very well done episode. In fact, and not I, the the um, I may have mentioned this before. The first three seasons of Enterprise uh, suck rocks. <laughs> no, they do. I mean, I, I can't think of any episode of the, in, in the first three seasons of Enterprise, including the pilot. That oh, the pilot was ratchet. Just, just saying, <laughs> you know, okay, so what? When the episode wrapped. However, um, yeah. especially once they got past, I think the first. Uh, one or two episodes of season four, it really took off. Um, they had uh, they had a two or three part episode that uh, dealt with the Vulcans and why they were so. I mean, in, in the first three seasons, the episode the Vulcans were very much different than what we saw in the original series. Hmm. And it explains why that is, and uh, does it plausibly and interestingly, and it, it's just a good story arc. And there's another one that involves uh, Nuni and Soong's, oh, must be like great-great-grandfather, something oh. like that. And uh, they also have episodes that deal with the Organians, the development of the transporter, uh, there's one that uh, uh, I think it's a, again it's a two-part episode that talks about or explains actually why the original series Klingons looked so different from the movie Klingons mm-hmm. like next gen. So anyway, that's my plug for that. But anyway, so I should just skip yeah. the first three seasons, just just go to season four. Is that what you're saying? Yep, I think that's right. So I was so I have a confession to make. I may have actually made this confession already. So, uh, but. I was so turned off by the pilot that I didn't watch anymore. But Rob, it it, it had the, the the nude shot or decontamination scenes. That was yeah. that was one thing that made me not want to watch anymore. And the other the other yeah, one was the at the climax of the of the pilot, Captain, what's his name? Archer, Decker. Mm-hmm. Archer. <laughs> Decker says. Uh, all right, enough with the Invisible Man routine. That's oh. like, really? Is this is this Star Trek? Or and, and I've been rewatching the last few seasons of DS9, uh-huh. which I missed a bunch of them when it was first on. So this was really fun. Oh, okay. and, and it, it's it's so good at the yeah, end. Yeah, I missed. I actually missed a big chunk of DS9 too. I I, I, oh. I love how the last eight or ten of them are all basically one big episode. Wow. Yeah. Although I didn't like the way they wrapped it up, ultimately. Don't don't talk about mm. that because I might I might watch it. Well, yeah, I would I would Rob, you, you should you should do that. I, I I did in seasons five or six or something like that, wherever I started. There were a few of them I just kind of skipped, but uh, generally it's 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 very very good, and you can you can really start to see the influence of Ron Moore and the mm. the people. Some of the people that he there's at least one other writer on that show that ended up with him on uh, Battlestar Galactica too. Mm-hmm. The, you can see some influence there. Um, did you watch In the Pale Moonlight, John? Oh yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. one was excellent. I really liked that one. And uh, Far yep. Beyond the Stars was very good. Uh, the Visitor was very good. Um, I think it was Times Children. Um, I mm-hmm. really liked that one too. 
Um, there, there's, there's even one that explores. I wasn't ex- expecting to like as much. That was the. Yeah, you know, Rob. They, they, they have a. You know, they do all these holodeck episodes. It's like they do in Next mm-hmm. Gen, but they, they have this recurring character they bring back, who's this Vegas nightclub singer right. guy. Right. Okay. And he's really, really good. <laughs> and they actually work him in really well. And there's one episode, I think it's called His Way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that episode is really good. It's kind of a kind of a, a light lightweight, but it's so well done. Yeah. It, it, it really, really impressed me. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that, that one. But um, Yeah, I, li- I really liked it. And uh, as, as it went on... Um, uh, they had some really excellent supporting characters. I mean, Andrew Robinson as Garrick is, is oh, mm-hmm. he just, he, he's perfect. They use him really well. Yeah, yeah. and he's got some of the best lines. Um, Martok. He, he's, one of, he, he's one of my favorite characters in that entire show, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Rene Aubergenois does a really good job with Odo as well. Yeah, he's, he's always good. So, Rob, I, I would definitely go, okay. go and, and catch, at least catch the last couple of seasons for sure mm-hmm. it, it, get, get, you get this nice you know wartime uh, plot arc that's great well actually I would uh, if you want to skip the first three I mean the first three seasons were decent they, they, it's not like they were bad but they bring Worf in at the beginning of the fourth season and right. I think that's when it really takes off mm-hmm. yep and Worf finally gets to do something besides just get his ass kicked right yeah. right he gets that done a lot too, but at least he has some development along the way. He does some pretty impressive ass kicking. <laughs> More than one place, but yes, yes. Uh, well, yeah. we've, we've gotten thoroughly off the. We have. Indeed. Yeah, I guess we must. We must be done. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, that's great, guys. I, uh, I, I am looking forward to going west next time and. You know, the, the interesting thing about Spectre of the Gun is that when you, I mean, if you just read the premise on paper, uh, mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, it sounds like a real groaner, but I actually think this is one of the better episodes of the third season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it again, because this is another episode that has yeah. been a very long time since I have watched it, so it's going to be, right. it's going to be fun to rediscover it. Yeah. Yep, I agree. So, I think we're, I think we'll wrap that one up, and I, uh, I, I did, I, the special effects were nicely done in this one. Yep. They were, mm-hmm. they, they, they did a few different things with the angles on the ships and stuff that was fun. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of angles, there's one scene later in this episode, an interior scene, where they have this bizarre angle on, on the bridge, and you can see, like, the ceiling... And it's, I don't remember what, it might be closer to the end, but there's this, it's really odd. Ah. I have never, I've never, never, never seen that. I should go back and look at it again and just try and remember what that, it's, it's like near the turbo lift, but, but the, the, the camera angle is, is really askew and hmm. you can, you can see part of the wall and you see the dome ceiling hmm. above and Interesting. stuff. Interesting. <laughs> and they hold on that for a couple of seconds. It, it, for me, it really stuck out. Um, one question before we wrap. Yes. Um, in watching uh, the remastered episode, did either of you notice anything about Spock's close-ups? Besides the makeup? <laughs> well, yes, but a particular aspect of the makeup? Hit the ears? 
Yeah. You can tell the... They've sort um, of done some tinkering? Well, no. You can see the seams where they attached his ears. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, didn't, you know, I did not notice that. You know, you can see it, and I, I'm still quite, you know, given the... I'm still quite amazed how how good a job they still did. Even though you can see the you can see the seams, but I still think they it's amazing how much well, ca- mean, obviously how much care went into to doing it, you know. That's, well, I mean, when I mean the it, the makeup and the special effects and everything um, yeah. and the sets were meant to be watched on, you know, like a 12 or 15 inch uh, 60s era TV. black yeah. and white or maybe color TV, so it's not there there are yeah. gonna be problems with it when you see it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Very impressive. It is. Well guys, I think we'll wrap this up for a okay. night. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. And uh thanks thanks for listening. Good night. Thanks, guys.